Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time for our early look at next week's lines, and with me today to break it all down is Andrew Cayley, a senior publishing editor at Covers. You can find him on Twitter at Covers underscore Cayley. That is C-A-L-E-Y. Andrew, thanks for coming back on the show. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah, we had a great time talking earlier this year, and I'm really happy to have you on for what I think might be the most difficult Monday show of the entire year with the trade deadline just around the corner. I think some of these lines may Thank swing you. wildly. <laughs> during. Well, look, I, it shows how much faith I have in you personally to it's want you to be on the... Yeah, it is a lot of pressure, <laughs> but I know you're going to deliver. Look, we've already seen some. You know, We'll talk about it with the Joe Flacco injury that you know Broncos-Browns cool. line has swung wildly, which, you know, goes to show, you know, when you've got essentially a four-point swing when you lose Joe Flacco, that really shows you the quality of the backup quarterback. But we will get into that and every other game on the Week 9 slate. Now, we're going to be using the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com. Unless this is your first time listening, you know that consensus odds are an aggregation of the odds that are available on the market. As always, there are going to be differences in almost every sports book, so shop around for the best odds. And if you ever want to see how any of the top sports betting experts are leaning on any given bet at any given time, bettingpros.com is going to show you that too. All right, Andrew, let us not waste any time. Let's dive right in here with the 49ers at the Cardinals on Thursday night. Right now, the line is at 49ers minus 10. When I first looked ahead, it was seven and a half. The over-under is at 44 and a half. Now the 49ers come off an absolutely dominant performance against the Panthers on Sunday. I was certainly one of the many who liked the Panthers getting anywhere between five and six. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders already proven he's worthy, uh, worthy addition with the touchdown. But really, it's the first time they showed something with the running game since Kyle Juszczyk went down. Tevin Coleman scores three touchdowns on the ground. Matt Breida dealing with an ankle injury a little bit, um, but sounds like he's going to be okay. The defense remains outstanding. As for the Cardinals, yeah. oh, uh, Joey you know, Bosa was oh oh or uh, Nick Bosa, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. One all of the, the Bosa's. Bosa's. Yeah, all the Bosa's. <laughs> all the, the Bosa's. Deep, had a, yes. They all had a great weekend. That is true. <laughs> well, especially yesterday, they were just really all over um, Kyle Allen. And on the other side of the ball, Cardinals continue to struggle in the red zone a little bit. They make the trade today for Kenyon Drake. So he's likely going right into the fire. David Johnson is almost certainly going to miss this game. Chase Edmonds is out for multiple weeks. So it's almost certain that Drake is going to get the start here. For me, I'm a little less worried about the impact when running backs get traded, although it's a super short week. So who really knows? But much bigger deal for me when receivers get traded. So Drake should be able to get back in. He's a good pass catcher that's going to help because they're going to play in from behind. The defense is a little better with Patrick Peterson back, but overall, it's certainly difficult to see them uh, winning the game. So how do you feel right now with the line currently at 49ers minus 10 on the road to the Cardinals with an over-under at 44.5? If, if you want them, I'd say go after them now. Like I don't see it getting any, any the number going back towards the Cardinals' uh, favor before kickoff. Uh, maybe Peterson gets traded. I know they haven't said much about Peterson, but he could be gone too before the game, so that would be a big issue as well. I honestly, um, I don't understand the trade. Not that, you know, not to get no. into it too much, but I don't really get it. I mean, the, you know, the Cardinals are, are kind of hanging in there record-wise because they've beaten up on some light some teams, teams. But yeah. I, why are you trading for Kenyon Drake? I mean, I, I don't, I like, pick up a guy off the street. You know, they had Alfred Morris. They had Zach yeah. Zinner. Like, why give up any draft capital for a guy when you have David Johnson for the future? Unless it could mean David Johnson is it seriously could be injured. worse than it's, Correct. Than, um, than they're letting on. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, how much power does Cliff Kingsbury have there as well? That's a question. Uh, I know the GM there hasn't made the the most sound decisions there the last few years, but I don't know. It, it's it's hard to have faith in, in in both of them. It seems I I really liked the way the Cardinals were playing last week against the Saints up until Kingsbury decided to go for it on that really weird hey he'd do it again he'd just call a better play that was what he said today so i don't know what to make of it i don't i don't know the defense played pretty well like you said peterson's back uh chandler jones has played pretty well the last few weeks but i just i can't have any faith in like you said about the niners everyone's everyone's rolling coleman is rolling sanders looks like a great fit like there's there's no i can't give you a good reason to take the cardinals unless it gets i don't know they're going to look, it, it, look, this has moved significantly because I'm yes. sure everybody is pounding, pounding the 49ers at this point. Thursday games are always a little 
difficult because you yes, never know yeah. how a team is going to respond, right, to the lack of rest and everything like that. This certainly is a game where the 49ers should have it well in hand. At 10, I mean, they're just begging you right now to take, the Cardinals. To take I, the Cardinals. I honestly, I mean, you said you'd take it now. I could see it getting past the key number just because I could see. I don't know if this number is enough to get better is to be like, yeah, now I trust the Cardinals at this yeah, point. Exactly. They just, you know, so, you know. And people I, love that uh, that undefeated. As long as the team is not the, the Patriots, people love, like the public loves, like that undefeated storyline. Yeah. Um, they're also, Niners have been a really good bet this year, too, at 5-2 and two ATS. Probably should be 6-1 and one ATS. Yeah, that uh, Washington game, the monsoon game. I know that was one of my picks, the nine and a half. I was all over it. (laughs) Well, if you it would have probably cashed if not for that monsoon. So I don't think we can say probably. I think that's a definite (laughs) cash right there. Yeah, look, you can feel better about your pick then. Oh, you know, that's exactly what my boss said. He's like, you know, it was a good process. I'm like, that does not make me feel any better. Bankroll does not feel better about this. But anyway, I I think in the end at this line, I don't think either one of us feels comfortable at minus 10 either way, really. Uh, I don't really know if it's going to move. I mean, it's moved significantly. I think it's going to be right around here, but this is not a game either at the over-under or the line that I am particularly targeting. Let's move on here to the Texans at the Jaguars. It's currently Texans minus three. It was Texans minus one and a half at the look-ahead line when I saw it. The over-under is at 47. The Texans survive against uh, the Raiders, a close game. Yeah. They do lose J.J. Watt to a torn peck. I, you know, I don't Again. know. I don't I know. I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. I, I mean, I didn't. to me, it didn't seem like Watt was making that much of an impact. But, of course, it is a loss. Otherwise, kind of business. It still has to be guarded. Of and course. And they, they've... They haven't gotten to the quarterback all year long. Right. And as yeah. much as he isn't the guy that he has been in the past, you still have to account for him, and that's still a loss for them. And that could uh, mean good news for Minshew Mania. Yeah, look, he came back, uh, you know, in uh, in prime <laughs> fashion uh, this weekend against the Jets. I believe he threw for three touchdowns. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't a competitive game that the Jaguars sacked Sam Darnold eight times. I don't really know if you can take anything from it just because the Jets are in such – disarray here so we look we can get into that later yeah but. we will never talk about that as a Jets fan I am scrapping it from the show but um so here we've got the Texans now laying three again this has moved I liked it when it was Texans laying one and a half um I think I felt relatively comfortable with them at at the key number of three I'm not really certain how great I feel in the over under at 47 any reaction to that so this is a London game remember this is we get another all day football day this week so it's uh, the nine o'clock game this is their the Jags' seventh straight season playing in London, and I think there has to be some sort of advantage to that. Houston has never done the the London trip, and look at teams like Chicago, whose staff had never done that before, and they were like, "Oh, let's just go Friday. Let's let's see how that goes." Such a great point. Such and, a great point. And then they, then they lose to Oakland and. The Bears just haven't looked the same since, frankly. And Oakland, by the way, went out early in the week, right? Yes. That was and, it. and I remember thinking about that game and being like, man, this looks like such a spot for the Bears, given the spread. And I think I was probably underselling the Raiders, to be fair, because they have played a little better, particularly offensively. But that when I saw that, I was like, why are you going out so late? I mean, that's, that's off. I was shocked. There's a huge Bears fan in our office, and... Uh, we had a big, big debate about it, and he's like, no, 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 this is fine. I was like, oh, I don't know about that, and it didn't turn out to be fine. And I don't know the Texans. Uh, I was trying to find it. I, I don't know their travel schedule. I don't know if they've left already or if they're there already, but I know the Jags always, every year, they're there for the full week, and they get, acclim- they get acclimatized. They, they, they know the routine now. Like They're used to it, and there's got to be something said for that. They've, uh, before last uh, last year's loss to Philly, they had covered and won three straight in London. Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard. Deshaun Watson's obviously an MVP candidate right now. Just that that touchdown was insane, by the way. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's how it works. You have one eye, you can do anything if you're Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because Houston's good against the run. The Jags have done most of their damage thanks to our resurgent Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So it's for me. If that goes, if it goes beyond a field goal, I think I think I'd lean towards the Jaguars. But right now, I'm not, I'm not comfortable in uh, in either way. I just, I just, I really think there's an advantage. The Jaguars have an advantage here that. Uh that, that, that can't be overlooked. It's a really great point about them going out there all the time. I mean, I flew out there to see the Jets play the Dolphins a couple of years ago, and I flew out on a Friday, and I was totally exhausted. So, <laughs> I mean, that should really translate. No, the one thing I look at here is I kind of like the under, at least it, it not yeah. not a huge thing. But, right, I mean, I feel like the travel, the teams aren't going to be super sharp, um, and that can cut both ways. But I feel like generally the first time they played, it was a really close, low-scoring game. I could kind of see the defenses coming out to play here. 
Um, so with a 47, which, you know, is, is fairly on the high side, um, my initial gut says, if you like, uh, I, I kind of like the under, um, but not not strongly, but it's definitely yeah. something that, that kind of calls out to me more than the spread. Let's move on here to the Bears at the Eagles. The Eagles are currently laying five in the over-under at 44. It has not moved all that much. Look, the Eagles, really nice uh, rebound win here against the Bills. They continue to get a little bit healthier overall, both in the secondary and Deshaun Jackson possibly coming back. Uh, I haven't seen anything on Miles Sanders other than everything was optimistic after optimistic, he left. Optimistic, I heard uh, I heard Peterson say day-to-day okay. about him, all right. which... Obviously, is a big. He seems to be their best besides Jackson. Of course, their their big home run threat now. Yeah. Now I think Sproles may return here. Not that he's the same caliber, but at least gives it that sort of you know explosive threat. At least uh, in the passing game. Meanwhile, the Bears continue just to be completely lost. Mitchell Trubisky probably isn't all that far away from getting benched at this oh. point. The run defense is not the same without Akeem Hicks. Uh, they did go heavy on the run offensively, which was kind of nice to see. David Montgomery had a big game. Perhaps they'll try to do that, but you can't really do that against the Eagles. That's their strength, right? The line, it's hard to run on them. So how do you feel here? Eagles laying five over under at 44 in Philadelphia. I was actually seeing threes earlier today. So yeah. th- that jump to me just... All it says is nobody has any faith in Mitch anymore. And he's he is now Mitch again. He's, <laughs> he's reverted from Mitchell back to Mitch. Uh, like you said, like, I don't know when they close the door on him, but it's that door is closing really fast. It's it's been bad. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I mean, that ba- that Bears fan in our office is is having is having panic. Also, the, the kicking game, obviously, they should have won the game. Sure. But but they shouldn't be in that position against a Chargers team like that anyway at home. They yeah, should not. It and... seems it this one to me I, I can't see how you take the Bears here at you minus can't. 5, right? I mean I I'm not saying you have to run out and take the Eagles. At minus you know why if you saw it at 3 why it's now at minus 5 because yeah. everybody should have hit that, you know, with the Eagles at home. It's not even like the Bears get the home field advantage. The one thing I would think about here might be again the under and I I generally lean towards the unders anyway. It's at 44. That's not a huge number or anything, but mm. you know, the Eagles kind of are notorious for starting really 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 slow during they games. Are. They take a while to get out there. The Bears just no matter what they do, they're not going to be dynamic offensively and I think they probably said you know even though we lost the game we were able to move the ball effectively on the ground I think you'd see them try to run it as best as I can which is going to be tough against the Eagles but you know again I don't see either team I know the Eagles put up a ton of points this weekend against the Bills but I still kind of lean to one of these games where the Eagles win and probably would cover at minus five I don't feel super strongly about it but I think it's probably more like an under I don't know if you had any feeling on that part um I like I like the idea that the Bears can't do what they do best against this Eagles defense, and that just is going to lead to more low, low scoring. And I have no faith in Mitchell Trubisky right now. I think that's really what sums it up, right? I yeah, mean... and I think that's what I think that's what that early line move indicates as well. And I just it's it's hard it's hard to see them scoring right now. Nobody has any confidence in the kicking game and the offense and. Like you said, Akeem Hicks is out, and that hurts. But the biggest problem, I think, with the defense is I think they rank um, 16th or something like that. Like, nothing you'd expect on a, in a DVOA against the rush. And that's just because they can't sustain drives. They just they can't, they can't stay on the field. And by the second half, that team is gassed. And they're just getting pushed around in a way you never thought would be possible against it with with some of the players that are on that defense so you know what probably is the play here which you can't see it would probably be like the first half under right like it would be like you know by the second half the the defense is gashed and there's going to be some scoring the eagles usually start slow so if anything maybe the first half under these Um, these two teams combined to score just over a a touchdown in the first quarter per game. So even maybe even the first quarter under right. would be a nice one as well. Yeah, I like it. But this one's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I think the fact that it's moved already to minus five, I can't see it getting much higher than that. I mean, the Eagles have not played particularly well, but um, I don't really expect it to go down much more than maybe have a point, depending on how the money comes in. If if, if you like the Eagles, once again, I'd, I'd take them now. It, it could get to six. So if you want, get them, get them at five, at five, five and a half before it gets to that. Yeah, the next there. game is a little difficult to analyze um, because yes. most most places don't have lines on it at all. I haven't actually seen an over-under on it. Posted. I haven't either. All right, it's the Vikings at the Chiefs, so we'll just do this one really quickly. Um, 
we don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to play. My guess is he's still not. You know, initial estimates were at least three weeks. I know he's like superhuman or whatever. But I, have, my guess... I have a fun uh, inside analysis for oh. this, actually. I did this exact thing to my knee this summer playing golf. I dislocated the kneecap, uh, put the patella out of place, and I I am no Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and I am not even anything close to an athlete, I would say. But... Uh, I went, I went into the hospital, they set the knee, and I walked out of there that day, and the doctor told me I could be playing golf within two to three weeks, and I am no athlete. Okay, so, so and, you're, what you're saying is that Patrick Mahomes is coming back this week, and he's going to be And throwing, four, throwing five touchdowns as the MVP, fine. whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Well, the only thing we have here, just to be clear, is we have a couple, we have one book, I think, only one book on at least uh, on betting pros, and that's FanDuel. And right now it's yeah. Vikings minus three, which is the only other line I've seen from a couple other books. Um, that's all we have right now. So I, I assume that that is acting as if Mahomes is Doesn't not play. going to play. Because I, yeah. uh, what do you think, out of curiosity, the spread's going to be if Mahomes play? Because to me, at home and Arrowhead, I know the Vikings are flying high. They looked great. You know, they didn't they didn't dominate against the Redskins or anything like that. But they didn't have Adam Thielen, who should be back. Since they've opened up the passing game a little more, everything looks a little bit stronger. The Chiefs are what they are, you know. And again, even against the Packers, and I like them in that game, they were still being up defensively i thought uh, i thought chris jones might make it back for that game but he didn't they were beat up on the offensive line if mahomes played this strikes me as a like you know a chiefs minus you know a, a small favorite for the chiefs i don't know how you feel about that. i i think it would almost swing a full touchdown to be honest really through yeah. all those key numbers okay uh, i i think it would be somewhere around chiefs minus three if up to four depending on how it was bet sort of thing Okay. But that's how that's how good I think he is, and that's how valuable I think he is to the spread right now. I think that that um, is fair. Well, it doesn't really make much sense to talk about too much since we have literally one book on one either book. the over under or one the, one quick thing. Um, sure, the Vikings have what they need to win there. They they run the ball really well. The Chiefs really struggle stopping the run. Like look look at Alex yep. jo- uh, Aaron Jones last night. He uh, he had a field day against them. So. If that is the number, they have the the ability to cover it. And even with Mahomes playing, by the way, I mean, there that is the book now out on how to beat them is to try to keep the ball away from him yeah, as much him as you field. possibly can. Exactly. And as you said, the Vikings are sort of built to do that. So, you know, wait and see. But for now, we're going to kind of move on from that one because I don't think we can really give too much actionable advice without the lines. Let's move on here to the Redskins at the Bills. Bills right now are minus 10. It was minus 11, so I'm not sure if some money came in there on the Redskins. The over-under is at 37, still really low, but up from the 36.5. The Bills showed a few cracks here against the Eagles in what was admittedly an extremely windy day in Buffalo, yes. so you, you don't want to take too much from it. And the Redskins... Wind plus an already terribly inaccurate quarterback. Or, I mean, I, you know, one of the reasons they got him was because they thought that he could, you know, throw through the wind, which he might be able to, except for the can. fact that he's <laughs> not accurate to begin with, so what does it matter? I think it's more like, well, you know, he could be inaccurate, but who cares, because everybody's going to be inaccurate, I guess. Redskins, they look quasi-competent with Case Keenum under center, but he is dealing with a concussion. He is still in the protocol as of right now, so we don't really know. This is obviously a completely different story if Dwayne Haskins plays. I imagine you're going to see the spread jump significantly if it sounds like he's going to be in um but what are your thoughts here let's just i can assume keenan plays unless you want to talk about what it would be like with haskins at bills minus 10 over under at 37 i just i like i don't understand why you could ever put faith in the bills covering a big number <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, i mean it's it's, it's it, the number just jumped off the page it was the number one number i saw on the board was bills minus 10 i know washington's bad we can talk about how how bad they are till we're blue in the face but um they, the defense showed something against Minnesota last week. That was uh, you can take something away from that. Um, hopefully, Keenum plays. If Haskins plays, you know. I mean, you can't bet it yet, right? Though, because no, you, you, I mean, this is seriously up in the air right now with Keenum. I thought you they, know, given the Thursday they threw game, the ball he'd be okay. Five times in the second half last week. <laughs> five you, times. They just Cowboys just doesn't trust him. If you saw him throw, you know why. I mean, yeah, he, but, you know, he just he, overthrowing a wide open Terry McLaurin. He's just not ready. He's to be not in the ready. NFL. But that said, Buffalo's defense gets a lot of praise, but they're not really good against the run, and Callahan loves to run the ball, so maybe there's something there. I just, I, if this number is at uh, at 10 or any double-digit number, I'm I'm staying away from the Bills. You just, you can't bet them. 
especially no matter who's at quarterback, the Bills defense is a little overrated when it comes to the rush. They have some troubles there. Um, they couldn't cover at home against Cincy. They couldn't cover at home against Miami. I just don't know why. As long as it's, you're getting double digits, I, I would I would be taking Washington. They're going to be one of my favorite teaser. Washington's going to be one of my favorite teaser teams this week. I'm going to bump them up to like 16 points and put them on a bunch of teasers. Yeah, let me ask you something. Is that different if Haskins winds up being under center? Or are you still like, no, it's just too many points. I don't care. It's too many points with the Bills. Okay. Like, like Haskins, is Haskins any better than than... I don't know, Josh Rosen at this point. Like, no, no, <laughs> he's not. But I don't think that makes a difference. I, I, I'll honestly, if Keenum plays at the ten number, I like the Redskins. If he doesn't, I'm not. There's just no way under any circumstances I'm backing <laughs> a Dwayne Haskins led uh, Redskins team. Although I completely get your point, it's not like the Bills are going to put up a ton of points. And the Redskins again, they have a a decent defense uh, going on. And Adrian Peterson looked great actually against the Vikings. So they'll certainly try to control the ball that way. But I, I like where you're thinking. Before we move on, I do want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. BetMGM is our sponsor, so you hear me tell you about them a lot. But I think last week probably showed you why you need to be listening. Because when you download the BetMGM Sports app and you sign up for an account using our promo code Harris, that's my last name, more often than not, you get a bunch of crazy offers. Like last week when new users signed up for an account and bet just $1 on Aaron Rodgers to throw a touchdown pass on Sunday night against the Chiefs. If he did, they won $100, and he did, obviously. Do you guys get that? You risk a dollar on something that is almost certainly going to happen, and you win $100. They did a similar thing a couple of weeks ago on the $1 bet for the 49ers to beat the Redskins on the money line. They basically give you guaranteed bets with their various boosted bets. And there's a ton of other great features like being able to track your bet in real time and take an early cash out. If you sign up right now, you can get a free $500 bet. Just download the BetMGM Sports app and sign up using our promo code Harris. And your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free. If you lose, BetMGM credits you the amount you lost up to $500 for future wagers. So in addition to the various boosted bets, you're going to see this is just a risk-free $500 bet. You're honestly just costing yourself money if you do not sign up now and use our promo code Harris. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Andrew, let's move on to our next game, the Colts at the Steelers. Now, again, we are recording this just at the start of the Steelers versus the Dolphins game, so something could happen in that game that may change things. Right now, it's Colts minus one. It was a pick and the over-under is at 43.5. The Colts squeak out the game against the Broncos on a long field goal, but obviously their offense did not look great overall. Their defense remains strong, and, you know, it's the Steelers— healthy. Yeah, the Steelers' defense has been strong as well. Again, I, I'm so hesitant to say anything, let you know, lest they get destroyed tonight by the Dolphins or something. But you know, their offense remains in in flux. I mean, the Colts had a weird game. They had a ton. It of was penal- a weird game. Yeah. They had a ton of penalties. They're never penalized at all. So yeah. for me, I, look, I don't know the Steelers again, having not seen tonight. I get, you know, Mike Tomlin is a good coach. I like him. They have a strong defense, but they seem so gimmicky, you know, with Mason Rudolph back there. I, at the Colts, at was essentially a pick. A minus one doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I lean towards the Colts on this one. I don't know about you. It's another one that jumped out on the board to me. Uh, the Colts are just the better team. Um, I I have the game on in the background, and the Dolphins just went up fourteen to nothing on the Steelers. Oh my God! See, you know, I I just want you guys to know how dedicated a host I am. I turn it off, okay? And I was planning to watch it on DVR, but obviously Andrew has just ruined the entire experience for me. So. I, I I apologize. I just we were just saying how it was going. They're down fourteen to nothing to the Dolphins right now. So well, I won't give you any more spoilers. So jump moment. on and grab that minus one right now because I may move to uh, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, the Colts, like I, I just said, the Colts are, are the better team. I think that was like a peak Broncos defensive game, too. Like, you know the the Broncos could play defense. They just really hadn't to this point. Um, but, yeah, they just couldn't – the Colts couldn't seem to get anything on track in that first half. Like you said, lots of penalties. Yeah. Um, that said, Frank Wright might be the coach of the year with the whole Brissett luck thing. Defense getting healthy. They had their – both their safeties are back, and uh, Darius Leonard is back, and that's a big key, and – I just think that they'll be able to – I think they should win the game. So, yeah. if jump on the Colts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll take this at anything under a field goal, and I, yeah. I won't be worried about it whatsoever. I think that they are going to win. And, again, the line is probably going to move if the game unfolds in the way it apparently is unfolding as we speak. Let's move on here to the Jets at the Dolphins. Obviously, I thought we were not- going to skip it. 
never. I love talking about the Jets. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, look, the Jets are now laying five, and the over-under is at 41.5. But who knows? If the Dolphins destroy the Steelers, who knows how things will go? Now, look, there is all sorts of bad things happening with the Jets. Uh, Leonard Williams was traded today to the yeah. Giants. Yeah, why? that's all right. CJ Can you Mose, tell me why? I mean, because they're just going to trade everyone is really what I was thinking. I mean... Look, I mean, we get offline. We'll talk about how I feel about the trade, <laughs> but uh, CJ Mosley out for much, if not all of the remainder of the season. Sam yeah. Darnold dealing with a sprained left thumb. Robbie Anderson is strongly on the trade block. On the other side of the ball, it's the Dolphins. So that's really all you've got there. And again, they've traded away Kenyon Drake. So I assume Mark Walton is the guy who was the starter tonight. I have no yes. idea what has happened yet in this game, um, but I'm sure it's not um, Caleb I didn't Bellage. see who scored the touchdowns. So and none of it matters. <laughs> anyway, so how do you feel without the benefit of the game tonight at the Jets laying five and the over under 41 and a half? I will say that I have taken in my own sort of bet – the last two weeks, I've taken the Jets, and it has been a disaster. Obviously, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm reticent to well, offer an opinion on this one. You had you had Jason, uh, my fearless leader, Jason, on two weeks yes. just before they played the Cowboys, and they looked they yeah. looked impressive, and they they they, they, they win the game, and yeah. and. <laughs> that was the they, end of good things for the Jets. The are are we going to get end. back on track here? What do you think? I'm, Minus I'm, five. I'm, I'm, but I, just, I can't. That's the thing. No. Like they're they're impossible to evaluate. That's that was the the quick point there. Uh, they're impossible to evaluate with those performances. Um, there's no way I could feel confident laying any points with them. I do like the over though. This you're an under guy, but I like the over here because I feel like both teams probably feel like defense is optional. That's a low number. Um, it also might be. That's also maybe one of my teaser plays this week. Knock that down to about thirty five or th- so and throw that into a bunch of teasers. Uh, I think I think there could be some points here. Uh, yeah, I like it. Fitzpatrick's like, going to yes. Fitzpatrick's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, one of one of Fitzpatrick's and, seventeen revenge games. You know, I mean, he's able to <laughs> yeah, to go exactly. Out and do it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would stay away from the line, but uh, the, the total is something I'll be looking at. Yeah, you are echoing my thoughts exactly. I cannot I, as much as if I'm forced to take one again, not having seen the Dolphins, I would take the Jets just because I do think they're a little more competent than they have shown. Yes, um, with, with all the potential trades. You can't really get a, a read on it, but the over-under, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Jets can score. I mean, their offensive line is terrible. They may be without Robbie Anderson, but they can put I up some like points. I feel like they've been unfair to Darnold as well. This this whole ghost thing is a little overblown. It's literally something so many people say every week, of and course. he was just recorded. Well, and he, gets he knew he the, was being recorded, so maybe not say that next time. But kudos to the Jaguars for trolling him um, in an expert. Oh my way. god, it was uh, epic, epic troll yeah, game. Fantastic! You should, <laughs> if you don't know about that, there's a lot of stuff that they did. All of it is brilliant. So we can go. But I think we're both on the same page here. Just run away from the spread, whatever it is, when it ends. Yep. But if the over under sticks at around 41, 41 and a half, jump all over it with the over. Yeah. Titans at the Panthers. Panthers currently laying four. It was three and a half, and the over-under is at 41. Look, Ryan Tannehill making the Titans offense look somewhat competent. Three touchdown passes against an admittedly weak Bucks pass defense. Meanwhile, the Panthers completely embarrassed against the 49ers. As we discussed earlier, Kyle Allen has a rough day. He has already been named the starter um, for this game, so it's not going to be Newton yet. So thoughts here on the Panthers at home laying four and the over-under at 41 to the Titans. This is... It's the Panthers are a really uncomfortable team right now. Like I can't, I can't get a read on them whatsoever, but they're, they should be upset, right? You'd think they'd be upset after being embarrassed like that. Oh my God. Yes, but, absolutely. But this one's obviously going to come down to whether or not Chris, the answer is usually yes. Christian McCaffrey is successful. Like that's almost the like, check that off. Like he is going to be good, but the Titans are really good against the rush. <sighs> It's, it's, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to feel about this game. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Ryan Daniel has looked, like you said, competent. He looked, yeah. he's looked much better than Marcus Mariota, which is, it's, it's taken the Titans away from that, um, one of the most uncomfortable teams to bet sort of thing. Cause you never know. Oh, this is, is this the week they're going to let you down? Right. So that, that said, I'll probably go and back them this week at plus four and a half or plus four or whatever it is. And then they'll let me down again, of course. Yeah. I, but, I have um, no, I have no feel for this one. I didn't mean no, to cut no. you off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have no feel for this one whatsoever. Um, I liked the Panthers a lot coming off the bye. You know, and I don't know whether or not it says that much about the 49ers. It probably does. Or whether or not it says, you know, because the Panthers had really started to look very, very solid. 
defensively. But again, the Titans, yeah. like you said, they're a team who I constantly avoid, but I feel less worried about them with Tannehill. He pushes the ball down the field a little bit yeah, more. He, he right, you know, he's more accurate than Mariota, which again, very low bar. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a game that I don't really love. Above a field goal, I kind of lean towards the Titans. Anywhere above a field goal. Yeah, if you put if you gun to my head, I'm, I'd take the points with the underdog here. I think that's the right way to say it, but we're both saying gun to our head, which means neither one of us really <laughs> loves it. But uh, I agree with you. I would take the points if I had to pick a side. Bucks at Seahawks. Seahawks currently minus seven. That's jumped from minus six in the look at line. The over under. I mean, I love these Seahawks games where you look at it and you're you're thinking like your first reaction is ah, it's probably going to be like I don't know mid forties, like high forty, <laughs> something like that. Fifty three for the over under. This is not your grandfather Seahawks. Um, James Winston. <laughs> James Winston. Just does what he does against the Titans. Plenty of turnovers. The Bucks cannot run the ball. They cannot stop the pass. Meanwhile, the Seahawks' defense and home field advantage, it's just not what it once was, but they're still getting things done, mainly because Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP Jeez. level. Chris Carson yeah, was, is yeah. running incredibly well. Again, this is a very tough matchup for running backs. You can throw all over the box, but it's very difficult to run. So how do you feel here? Seahawks minus 7 and the under at 53. The, the- the Bucks. It's like one of the most shocking stats in the NFL. The Bucks rank first in DVOA against the rush. Like, yeah. I, I know they've got some very talented defenders, but like, you just don't think of that when you think of the Bucks. I would say. Um, and here's a fun stat for you: the Seahawks have not covered at home this season. 0-4 ATS at home. Ooh. And that includes that includes games against Cincy and oh the Saints, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater Saints. Sure. But they just there's something about these home games that they just haven't they lost they lost outright to the to the Ravens against a team at that point going into that game we were probably like oh the Ravens they look good on offense now but they can't play defense anymore they're kind of like Seahawks and then that that Thursday night game against the Rams right where they won by one but the spread was one and a half yeah you're right and then and then last week they the Falcons kind of laid down for them for three quarters of the game. And then the Seahawks just didn't care. And they didn't cover last week, which was, I had that, I had that game. So I was one of those bitter minus seven and a half betters, which was, yeah, I had it at six and a half, but, thankfully. So I was, oh, I was that's able, nice. yeah, so I was able to get the hook, but yeah, look, I, I agree with you. It, it, the Bucks for me are a really tough team to, yeah. to get a, a sense of, right? Because there are, it was like the Titans. You saw, I always said the Bucks versus the Titans was like my nightmare because it was two teams <laughs> that I felt like I had no sense of what they were going to do whatsoever. And it's kind of the same way. I mean, the, the Bucks should have won that game yesterday against the Titans oh, without the, uh, you know, the blown call on the field goal or anything like that. And the Seahawks, you know... They're just not that good. I, Russell Wilson is really good. But he's the, really good. Yeah. He's really good. He's He could be the MVP this year, but I don't think the team is that good, which I think is why the home field advantage really isn't making that much of a difference. I just think if I'm forced to pick, again, this is one where I don't have a side here. You know, I, I don't feel great about it either way. If I'm forced to pick, man, I, anything less than a touchdown, I think I'll take the Seahawks. Anything more than the touchdown, I think I'd take the Bucks. Right now it's at seven, so I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm... So that's a stay away. That's a stay away for me. And the over-under, I don't know, man. I, I think I'd probably lean on... That's a high number. I get it's it. It's a high I, number. I get it. I get it. But at 53, man, I, I don't know. I, again, Russell Wilson, you know, he it's like 20 pass attempts a game. I mean, I don't know how many touchdowns he could actually throw. Uh, given that to get it to that number. Um, so for me, I lean under at seven. It's a stay away for me. But um, if it moves higher, I'd probably think the values at the Bucks. If it moves lower, I think the values at the Seahawks. It's another teaser. It's another teaser game for me. I would yeah. tease. I would tease the total down here and then take the over. Yeah. Obviously, the the Seahawks can't cover right now. I would say they're having a lot of trouble covering people, and Mike Evans is doing his thing again, and. And they just, they look good on, as long as they're, they look good until they're not looking good. Right. That's, that's what's the infuriating thing about the Bucks. Yeah. And yeah, they win that game in LA and then they promptly go 0-3 straight up in ATS in their next three games. So. Yeah, that's why I don't want any part of them here. Let's move on to an interesting line here. Lions at the Raiders. Raiders now are laying three. It was at minus one and the over under pretty high. 51. I'm a little surprised here. I mean, uh, the Lions, to me, have, have repeatedly gotten a little less respect than I think they deserve, though they did not cover yesterday against the yeah. Giants despite winning the game. Um, without on Johnson, they have absolutely no running game 
even with him, they barely had a running game. But without him, they certainly have none. They employ the running back by committee approach. That's not a big deal against the Raiders, who can't stop the pass anyway. So Matthew Stafford, who's having a great season, um, should yeah. be able to do some damage here. Um, the Raiders' offense, though, they look just fine. They nearly pull it out against the Texans. Tyrell Williams returns and scores a touchdown because that's what he does every single game he plays. Darren Waller's playing great. Josh Jacobs is playing well. They can put up points, hence the high uh, over-under. But how do you feel here with the Raiders laying a field goal at home in the over-under at 51? I, I think it's it's the right way to feel. You feel surprised. The Raiders have been surprising on offense. And I think this is where the number should be around a field goal because unfortunately I think the lions are giving up a little bit <laughs> with the trade. They've made some confusing trades as well. Not as confusing as some teams, but like they, they traded away their captain last week and on defense and I just didn't get it. And yeah, with Johnson now hurt, it's, it's, they become very one-dimensional. I know the Raiders don't do much on defense, but anytime you're you're that one-dimensional, you're going to have issues. And I think that's I think that's probably the where the line is supposed to be. I I don't see it going much higher than this. Yeah, uh, and there's still probably some, start con- getting the consensus. To be clear, is at three. There's still a couple of books offering it at two. So yeah, it, it, it's moving around a little bit here, and I I could see it I could see it ending around two and a half or or yeah. two in that in that kind of area there, yeah. And I just it it's a hard it's another hard one to evaluate. This there's, I think I'd if I'd have to take the Raiders at home, just because I like the way I like the way the offenses look. They they've put up some some tough fights. They yeah. It was they looked impressive on offense against against the Texans last week. They gave them a a run for their money. Obviously they got blown out by green Bay, but beat Chicago and London. Like we mentioned before beat Indianapolis in Indianapolis. Like it's, and they've covered through their last four. So it's, it's where the line should be. I think. Yeah. I think for me, how I feel about this game might depend on how healthy the lines are on defense. Cause you know, when they're down Darius slay, like they were against the giants. Yes, and I think snacks Harrison problem. got injured again he in did. that game. He's a big stopper of the run. So I think it might depend on that. If both guys are healthy, I think I'd probably favor the lines if you're going to get something like a field goal. But if not, it's probably a game that I just don't feel great about either way, because I just don't trust either one of these teams, which is, I feel like both teams could easily have much better records than they do. The Raiders at three and four, the Lions at three, three and one. So it's not a game that I'm uber excited about, but uh, if the Lions get healthy on defense, I think I'd probably lean towards them if you're going to get a field goal. Before we finish up with our last few games, I want to remind everyone about our October giveaway, which is a signed Odell Beckham Jr. Cleveland Browns helmet. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details. But to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And an entry into this contest automatically gets you entered into all future contests. So take the two seconds, support the show, and maybe you'll win a free helmet. All right, let's move on here to the Browns at the Broncos. I mentioned it at the top. The opening line was Broncos laying one and a half. It is now the Browns laying three, and the over-under has dropped from 43 to 40 and a half. And the real reason for it is the absence of Joe Flacco, who's going to miss this game and may go on the IR with a purported case of a herniated disc in his neck, but a real case of stop insulting the coaching staff. Um, That's what it was. Come on. That's what it is. Um, Brandon Allen is going to get the start for the Broncos. And I've got to be honest, this has to be the first time we've had three guys with the last name Allen starting at quarterback in I the NFL, right? I Josh and Kyle one. and Brandon. I don't know who he is. But anyway, we uh, we don't know much about what we're going to see from the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned how they put up a big effort against the Colts. Uh, we don't know if Chris Harris Jr. is still going to be there at you know when the game that, comes around. That's a, good, that's a good point. Meanwhile, the Browns are in complete disarray. A uh, few things are working Jeez. for them. Uh, Jarvis Landry got injured at the end of the game. I don't know how serious it is. Baker Mayfield looks like me after I try to do a push-up you know like he just he just looks like he's beaten down at this point it's just not working for him so uh, I, with the understanding that it's probably a little difficult to analyze this because I, I don't know I'll be honest I don't know all that much about Brandon Allen uh, myself so how do you feel I about the, the Browns in Denver so it's a tough place to play of course laying three with an over under 40 and a half or is this literally a I have no idea what to do with this with Brandon Allen and I need to research it and then we'll I, I would need to I would need to do more research on Brandon Allen first okay. I did this is funny um a few weeks ago that game they well, I guess 
last week when they played the Chiefs, I didn't even realize that Drew Locke had been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why why is Joe Flacco still in this football game? Right. Like it was it was terrible. Um I don't know <laughs> how you can't evaluate. Uh Sutton is looks good on offense. Uh Freeman scored a couple touchdowns the last couple weeks, so they're they're starting it. I don't know if Allen could be much worse than Joe Flacco, so maybe it's <laughs> That, that's this. really what it comes down to, right? Joe Flacco has been the most disinterested human being ever to play in the <laughs> NFL over the last three weeks. He's just been like, I don't know, guys. I guess I'll play. How much time do we have? Okay, that's fine. I mean, legitimately, I don't know what the over, you know, the, the highest number of rushing attempts that a team has ever done in a single game. But the Broncos probably might as well just go for breaking the record here. I mean, you could attack the Browns on the ground. Just feed Lindsey, feed yeah. Royce Freeman, see what you can do. But in the end... I don't think there's any way to properly analyze this game. The, um, at this point, the Browns are a mess, right? Like Freddie yeah. Kitchens is lucky to have a job at this point. I would say. This... Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing you could say about this, without you know, again, it's it's very difficult for us to really, you know, breathe it in because we don't know too much about what it's going to look like. But in the end, you know, the Browns, as much as their season is probably over, this is really it. Okay, yeah. if they don't win this game, like the season is legitimately over. They're two and five. You still have a pulse at this point. I mean, the Broncos are two and six, but they're you know they've traded Sanders already. They're probably going to make other other moves. This is it. You've got the Browns against a just you know a, a backup quarterback that nobody really knows whatsoever. You've got the team trading guys. This is their stand. And so, if you want to buy into that narrative, I could see backing the Browns. But overall, just no. If, you if know. I'm Freddie Kitchens, I'm just I, I know he fumbled twice. One of them wasn't really his fault. You get the ball kicked, but you just give Nick Chubb the ball as much as possible. Yeah. Hopefully you win the football game. Yeah, and he looked great yesterday. Just I he mean, did. even though he fumbled twice early. He, they still kept giving them the ball. They still yeah. will. Um and so I think that but for now, I don't know. Stay away if, Stay if away. Uh, is Agreed. our advice. Um Packers at the Chargers. Packers laying three and the over under at forty six, up a half point from forty five and a half at the look ahead line. The Packers continue to roll even without Devontae Adams. He may make it back for this one i'm not sure if he's going to need another week here uh the defense showing a few holes now the past defense uh, as evident last night against the chiefs but aaron jones and aaron Rodgers both playing exceptionally well and you cannot say the same thing about the chargers though they do eke out that win against the bears it's really just business as usual for them it's they're inconsistent both offensively and defensively they have a ton of injuries that they can't really overcome they're going home here, but that is not an actual home field advantage. It's almost a disadvantage because yeah, that, char- that Steelers game, like it'll be exactly like that Steelers game was a few weeks ago. Like the Packers fans will travel. That will be that will be at least fifty percent Packers fans there and this weekend. What makes me nervous about this line is you know the public loves the Packers, right? Yeah. So you figure that you're gonna get money on this with the Packers. So I'm a little surprised it's not higher given Agreed. the fact you know right. It's 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 a little suspicious. The line is a little suspicious because I look at the Chargers and I see a team who 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 doesn't want to give their best player the football. Austin Eckler just give that guy the football all the time and like I know they still use him in the passing game a lot, but Melvin Gordon is not in shape right now. He just he's not he, he can't run the ball well. He can't and they're just dedicated to giving the ball and I don't know why <laughs> I'm confused as to why um they want to just keep going on this way, but it should be a Packers a Packers easy win here. But that's so that's why it's suspicious because it's right. so low. <laughs> I mean, I think even if I looked at this and I said, okay, they're trying to get us, you know, they're trying to get people to take the Packers. You know, there's something that I'm missing. It's got to be the Chargers. There's just no way that I would feel comfortable no, taking no. the Chargers in a game that's you know I, they could win, but it's not something where it would be something where even if I saw value in the Chargers, I probably couldn't pull the trigger and again it's possible gordon gets dealt by the way i mean it's certainly it's certainly one of the possibilities i mean gordon does not look good but again their offensive line is just completely beat up which is why eckler three starters are gone the it's 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 why eckler does his damage in the passing game it's not like he's running it and tearing it up i mean he he's just much more doing it out of the passing game so again it's a game that i think the line strikes both of us as wow you got to hammer the packers on this number but you know, I, I need to do a little bit of a deeper dive into it because on, on the surface, it looks like, wow, definite Packers. But when it's that way, especially with a public team like the Packers that you know is going to get a ton of money on them, it's a little suspicious. Still, at this point, I'll, I'll be honest, at a field goal, I'll pound the Packers. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll take yeah. it right out. Like, uh, the the defense isn't as bad as some of the numbers indicate. Obviously, they have their, their issues against the rush which I don't think will be a problem against the Chargers, which is which makes this line even more suspicious. I think you can give them a bit of a break against last night. Like, 
you're still playing in Arrowhead. You're still having to face like really talented skill position guys like Hill and Kelsey. Yep. So I think there is some leeway to be given there. So yes, I'm on board with the hammering of the pack. All right, let's move on here to the Patriots at the Ravens. Money, I'm sure, is coming in on the Ravens here because the line has dropped from Patriots laying five to Patriots laying four. The over-under has dropped from 46 to 44.5. The Patriots win on Sunday in the slop against the Browns, but the offense really has not looked dynamic for several weeks. The defense, though, continues to be incredibly, incredibly impressive. Then you get the Ravens. They're playing well off that big win against the Seahawks. Lamar Jackson continues to do well on the ground, at least. They're coming off a bye where Harbaugh is really good at getting his team coached up. I, I I hesitate, and I, again, this is t- two weeks in a row where I've taken the points against the Patriots and, and come out on the wrong end. For me, the the value here, and it's dropped already, so this might, I get, you know, when I first looked at 46, it was a little different at 44 and a half, maybe not, but I still kind of like the under here just because both these teams control the ball um, forever. I mean, they, they both yeah. have a huge time of possession. So it strikes me as something where, you know, they're both going to try to be methodical in their drives um, and see what they can do to extend it, which leans towards the under, but I'm not sure how I feel. How do you do at Patriots laying four and now the over under at 44 and a half? Um, this is another one of those. If you like the Patriots, I don't see it. They're, they're a public team. It's not going to get the numbers not going to go down any further. So you might as well take the Patriots now if you want. It's going to be really interesting to see what Bilicek can come up against uh, having to face Jackson. Like we haven't Jackson hasn't had to face anything like this, uh, like this Patriots defense yet. So it's going to be fun to see the little X's and O's and seeing how they punch and counter punch each other. Uh, but I think you're right. I think what it's going to come down to is is the run game for both teams. Uh, the Patriots haven't, they, in a sense, they they obviously passed to set up the run, but they need to to control the clock a little more in this game. And I think they'll do that by giving guys like <laughs> it'll be one of these weird games where they give Brandon the Bolden some touches for some reason, and and James White will get a few extra carries. And uh, besides the fact that Michelle just I don't know he. He had an okay game last night or uh, yesterday, and uh, they they still want to get him going. And the Ravens just aren't very good on defense right now. So well, they've they're... gotten a little bit better against the runs since Brandon Williams came back. And again, you know, without James Devlin, I think that's been a huge issue for the Patriots running game. Been. Um, but and you know, they don't really have the depth at receiver right now. Edelman's still there. I know they traded for Sanu. Um, Philip Dorsett, but it's nobody that really scares you. We'll see. I hear they're still looking for a receiver, so we'll see what I, they I do. I heard that as well. Right, if they can add anything. But in the end, offensively, they don't really scare you all that much at this point, I don't think, because just their weapons. So I could see them, you know, just being methodical. Their defense is legitimate. It would really help the Ravens if Hollywood Brown comes back for this one. He's missed several weeks. He at least stretches the field a little bit, but you know Belichick is going to come up with something. So with the line, yeah, I mean, it's not going to get down to a field goal or anything like that um, because the Patriots are public team so I think it'll bounce between four and five so like you said if you like them you can go ahead and take them um probably here um is fine and again the over under at 44 and a half I still like the under right there I liked it more at 46 um but for now I see this as kind of a close game that's going to be relatively low scoring as both teams you know do what they do best which is uh, uh, it's still it's it, a lot of different players but this is still a big rivalry game and sure and uh it should I uh, it should be a, a low scoring one yeah, I agree with that. Let's move on to our final game of the week. The Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys now are laying seven. It was at seven and a half, so it's moved just a bit. And the over-under at 48. Daniel Jones sets career highs pretty much across the board against the Lions. It's not enough for them to win. Uh, they do add Leonard Williams, as we talked about, and Sterling Shepard might be able to make it back from his concussion, although that's still kind of up in the air. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys are off a bye, and their impressive win against the Eagles. They've been a bit up and down this season. We talked about how in the world did they lose against the Jets. It's, it's not a good sign for them. But how do you feel here? Division rivalry, Monday Night Football, Cowboys at the Giants laying a touchdown and the over-under at 48. These these division games are obviously always closer and- the Cowboys have have looked very good against bad teams and have looked very bad against good teams, it seems. So the Giants, to me, are a bad team. I just, it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points for a team that has struggled um, against, well, it just struggled in general recently. And Daniel Jones, it, if I have to, I'd, I'd take the Cowboys just because I think Daniel Jones is turning off the ball way too much right now. Um, everybody was very much in love with Danny Dimes when he came on the scene, but 
it's it's more like Danny turnovers. Like that kid, that kid turns over the ball a lot. He's a bit of a gunslinger, and um, he's get, putting them in some problems. So I I don't I don't know how to how to feel about a line that big with the Cowboys, but the guy on the other side is iffy. So. I'd probably stay away. Yeah, this is you throwing up your hands. That was the verbal yeah. equivalent of Andrew throwing his hands up in the air, and being like, "I don't." Know. There was just a lot of, "I don't know." I like I'm this, sorry. but th- no, don't apologize. That's exactly right. I mean, honestly, that that really is what it is. And I try to encourage our guests when they're on the show. It's okay to say, "Man, I do not have a feel for that line. That is not one I want to I go don't. near." I, I, neither do I. Honestly, I, I really don't. I think I probably would lean towards the Cowboys if it was under a touchdown at this point. But I wouldn't feel great about it again divisional games are always a little bit tricky and the Giants you know they have the ability to keep a game close it's not like the Cowboys have this dominant defense now that Saquon Barkley is back healthy now that Golden Tate is back in the fold he's been playing really well Evan Ingram finally had a a really good game Um, you know so it it is a game where especially if Shepard can come back I mean even if the Cowboys are in control. You could see the Giants getting a backdoor cover here, you know, so it's certainly not exactly. a game that I feel really good about in a division game. So for now, I'm going to wait on it. If it drops below seven, which I won't expect it to, if anything, I think it's going to go up. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I see a couple of eights on the board. Right yeah, now, there are a couple of eights. And again, the Cowboys are such a public team. Um, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, in New York, it, it just it makes me a little hesitant. So this is, again, one that both of us are pretty much out of stay away. I'm kind of maybe willing to trust the Cowboys if it drops below seven I don't think it will and it wouldn't be a game that I would love it's you know it's not gonna be one of my my best bets or anything on the Thursday show because it's just it's not a game that I have a great feel for because again the Giants are able to put up points even though I don't really trust them as a good football team like they did yesterday against the Lions they don't have a great defense but they were able to in the end come storming back a little bit and and put up points so it's not a game I feel great about yeah all right I agree that is going to do it for today's show. Andrew, it was great having you back on. Remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work. You can find me at covers.com where we've got a ton of other great uh, football betting content. And you can find me on Twitter at covers underscore Kaylee. Uh, I'll be tweeting college football, NFL, and maybe one or two more baseball picks depending on how much longer this World Series goes. Yeah, probably I, not long, I don't uh, think. Probably not, not with the Scherzer injury. And again, oh. that's C-A-L-E-Y-C. I got your back over there. You got it right. That's right. All right, well, thanks again for coming on. And thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember, download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code Harris to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Odell Beckham Jr. Brown's Summit. We'll be back later this week giving you some of our best bets for Week 9. I'll talk to you then. (laughs) 